0: This is The Point, professional investing in Australia with Pendle. Welcome to The Point podcast from Perpetual Group. The past couple of months have been volatile in financial markets and that's played out across Asset classes. The volatility is a good reminder for investors to revisit their asset allocation and particularly the role they want fixed income investments to play. To help us think about that, I welcome back to the Point Podcast Amy Sheer Patrick, head of income strategies at Pendle. Amy, welcome to the Point. Hi, Sean. Is twenty twenty four going to be very different to twenty twenty three?
1: It's already looking quite different isn't it when we went into 2023 i think everyone's base case back then was you will get a recession in 2023 the yield curve was starting to invert enormously and everyone thought that the inflation fight had you know was well and truly behind them no longer a problem everyone was also incredibly optimistic about where China was in its cycle because it had just rolled back some very strict zero COVID restriction policies and everyone was getting very excited about the China reopening story. Now we stand here at the beginning of 2024 and it couldn't be more different really, right? Recession is nobody's base case, I would say. I don't think I've spoken to anybody in the last six to eight weeks where anyone was giving any meaningful considerations to recession or positioning for that in their portfolios. China is certainly the least place to be optimistic in most people's worldviews right now. Um, And certainly when you look at the valuations of the Chinese equity market, when you look at the way that Chinese equity markets react to any negative headline on China, whether it's new news or not, it's incredibly bearish. And then as for the inflation story, look, that's probably the closest point of similarity to 2023. But right now, if anything, you're getting this picture of where, at least for the US economy, inflation is falling faster than the Fed had forecasted. And that's that's something new as
0: well. So what does that mean for managing portfolios?
1: Well, as you know, Sean, at Pendle, I manage the income portfolios. And within the income portfolios, we can grab onto many different sub-asset classes within fixed income, as well as reach slightly outside the sphere of fixed income to help our income funds do the jobs that they need to do throughout the market cycle. And what's important to me in the construct of my income funds is that I'm aware of the different jobs that need to be done by an income fund through the cycle, and that I employ all the levers that I can to to help me navigate through that cycle. So what I just said before of 2024, it highlights to me in my mind, a number of key risks, right? Risk number one is that as sanguine as the market seems to be about a soft landing type of narrative led by the US economic story, that may not end up being the case. The biggest risk is always what's outside of consensus. You know, it's not to say that consensus can't happen. But if the consensus is the case markets tend to be priced for it so the biggest risk to to market price action is outside of consensus so if the consensus right now is no recession definitely a soft landing we've got to look at that risk and i have several indicators that i do look at not for right now but later in the year that tell us that you know what we probably do need to be a little bit cognizant that just because recession that was you know widely expected in 2023 didn't happen in 2023 doesn't mean that it won't happen ever and that it won't happen in 2024. That's probably one of my biggest risks, but for later in the year. Right now, you could say, though, that one of the risks is given that the interest rate markets for the US economy has priced in six cuts by the Fed, six cuts by the Fed. And right now you're seeing data coming out of the US that is telling you Growth isn't really slowing down. Growth is actually incredibly resilient. The U.S. consumer, every time we think that they've gotten to the end of those excess pandemic savings, they keep spending more than they're making. Now, we probably won't know until much, much later on about what's driving that optimism. But is it right for the state of data that we have right now? that the markets should be expecting six cuts from the Fed with a maybe 50-50 chance that the first cut happens in March. I would say it's possible, but the pricing is pretty much to perfection for that soft landing type of scenario. Again, it opens up risks for me. So back to your question, Sean, about what that means for how, how you'd want to think with an income portfolio. I think an income portfolio needs to be ready this year to deal with the markets potentially going in either direction because it is just so uncertain. You know, central banks have been telling us for so long now that they're data dependent. I'm Personally, I'm looking more at the effects of the, these long and variable lags that they're talking about. But if they are so data dependent and the market is so trigger happy to move on the latest piece of information. The income funds that I manage have to be equipped to be able to navigate sudden pivots in the market narrative, sudden changes to market pricing when one scenario gets priced out and another gets priced in. To me, that is always going to be the most difficult problem to solve for within active asset management, but it is the most important problem to solve for.
0: So Amy, you're saying investors need to think long and hard about their portfolio, particularly in turning point years.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when I think about constructing the income funds, and especially these income funds that I manage at Pendle, it's not just random ideas that we pull out of a hat by by any means, but a lot of it is actually informed by my experience in my previous lives as a high-yield credit portfolio manager or an emerging markets credit portfolio manager. The key lessons that I learned from those experiences was that whilst carry, whilst higher yields are your friend for most of the cycle, when that is the only lever that you can pull, when things start to go a bit wrong, your window for exit is small to non-existent. So your ability to change your position in the portfolio is very restricted when you only have one lever to pull upon. So Within Pendle, you know, we have our views through the cycle about whether we want to be more bullish um, sort of credit risk, and, and we want to take on more credit risk or more equity-like risk within our portfolios. And we have our views sometimes that we want to downweight those credit risks. Even at the most bullish, we retain a very high quality bias within our credit portfolios. And the main reason for that is, drawing from my key learning of my previous experience maintaining a higher quality portfolio leaves you more options open for when you need to pull risk in from other parts of your portfolio. It retains the liquidity in the portfolio that you need to be able to have the agility to move with changing times, changing data and changing markets.
0: Amy, thanks for talking to The Point. Thank you, Sean. You've been listening to Amy Shear patrick Head of Income Strategies at Pendle. This is The Point podcast from Perpetual Group. I'm Sean Aylmer.